Welcome to the Modern Sound Living Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Seraki. For the past six years, I've been helping buyers and sellers navigate the real estate market. Follow along as I share my client experiences, advice from industry pros, and creative ideas on how to leverage your equity in the Seattle area market. Hi guys, this is Jessica Seraki with the Modern Sound Living podcast. Today, my guest is Ruthie Taylor. Um, She is a realtor in the Tacoma, Washington area, and I've known her for about eight years. And I asked her to be my guest today just because we've sort of been on this trajectory together and just wanted to have a fluid conversation with um, another colleague about our past in real estate. And um, here is Ruthie, and Ruthie's going to tell you a little bit about herself. Hello, this is so fun. Thanks for reaching out to me. Uh, Yeah, so I uh, sell real estate. I've been doing it for, like Jessica said, about eight years. And um, along the way, my husband and I started uh, a brokerage a few years ago. So we were uh, part of a big box brokerage and uh, became franchise owners in that and um, decided to venture out on our own right before COVID. So fun times. <laughs> uh, and it's been an amazing adventure learning experience. Um, a, we now have uh, three locations in Tacoma, Puyallup, Gig Harbor, and that is super fun to grow and balance being, you know, a mom and a wife and a friend and all that that goes with it. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yes, us us ladies of real estate, we we with moms and kids, we juggle quite a bit. For sure. Yeah. Um so we met um I was just sort of re- remembering how um, and when I tell people these stories, you know, they ask like, oh, do you know Ruthie Taylor? I'm like, yeah, I know, I know Ruthie. Um, yeah. That's um, awesome. So we, so before real estate, we knew each other before our real estate careers started yeah. in a really uh, random way. So <laughs> at the beginning of Instagram, before Instagram is what it is now, mm-hmm. Um when you could meet real people and make real connections. Um, I was blogging with a collective of mom bloggers because I had just had um, my first child and I was looking for a community. I worked from home um, and it was a really good way to just kind of get out and be social with other people that were sort of in the same phase of life as me. And that was kind of where we met. So we met, I was living in Portland at the time. Yep. And you came down for like a blogger meetup thing and I was following you on Instagram already. And so it was like, oh, I should say hi to, you know, this person that I follow on Instagram that's, you know, close, you know, in the Pacific Northwest area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I was follow. that's when your husband was starting in real estate at the time. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how like where you know you guys have a really unique story about how you met and um your you know his he started into real estate mostly like I'll let you tell the story but I think it's like 
you guys bought a rental property or you ended up buying and then he had friends in real estate. Um, but you go mm-hmm. ahead and you go ahead and <laughs> <laughs> clear yeah. that up for us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the, the long and the short of it is neither my husband or I had any intentions of ever being in real estate. Uh, we moved to Washington and my husband was a church planner. I was in sales and, um, you know, he was, he was waiting tables during the day or in the evening and uh, doing vocational ministry during the day. And, um, you know, we were, we we're newlyweds and trying to figure out life and his best friend at the time, this was 2000 and gosh, 12, I believe maybe a lot, 2000, no, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, his best friend, uh, got a HUD contract and was so overwhelmed. This is when a lot of indus- uh, agents were getting out of the industry because it was short sales and foreclosures. Mm-hmm. He had business coming out of his ears and he was like, Hey, Andy, why don't you get licensed? You'll make as much, at least as good waiting tables and you don't have to work, you know, like till midnight every night. And so my husband got licensed and started with his buddy. And that's kind of how his career started. Um, to rewind before that, before we were ever in real estate, the same guy who was our realtor um, helped us purchase a duplex. So we, our very first property uh, was a duplex in Hilltop and I fought tooth and nail. I did not want a duplex. I did not want to share a wall. I wanted, you know, the American dream and a white picket fence, but we were so broke. <laughs> um, we didn't really have the, the funds. And um, my husband was like, Hey, you know, this isn't forever. If we, if we do this, just give me a year, you know, with the income that we make on the other side, we can buy that house with the white picket fence. And I just trusted him. You know, I, I, I knew nothing about real estate or multifamily investing, but I just trusted him. And little did I know that that investment, that duplex was the catalyst to really, I would say, Every, it was a catalyst to everything. I had no idea that that decision was going to change the trajectory of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to share that because we bought that prior to being in real estate. We, we just bought a duplex because we honestly, we needed somebody to pay the other half of our mortgage yeah, <laughs> to make it <laughs> <You> work, <know? laughs> yeah. to make it work. Um, and so after the fact, my husband got into real estate and I was still, um, in a sales job commuting to Seattle. And, uh, then I got pregnant and, you know, I was debating like, okay, uh, what am I going to do? I don't really necessarily want to go back to the sales job and commute, blah, blah, blah. So long story short, two babies later, um, I decided to, uh, quit my job and get licensed and, and partner with my husband, um, and so that's when we were with, um, you know, a very well-known franchise back in the day. I think that's when, um, when you, when you were still in Portland, I'm, I'm trying to rem- connect the dots. I can't remember exactly when you moved up, if I was even in the business at that time, or if it was my husband, um, yeah. that, that really helped with that process. But yeah, it's, it's sort of, I feel like all of that is so long ago and it's a little bit blurry, but I remember yeah. Jessica, like, it's so fun thinking <laughs> about how we met because we were in this mom blogging community and you, um, I still have this thing that you made my daughter. It was like with her name and the, the time she was born and how much she weighed. Um, and that was in her nursery in a frame. Um, and it was just like, so, it was so thoughtful 
of you. Um, You know, just this, we didn't, we, I mean, we, we had connected over Instagram and I had received this really lovely gift from you. And so I just, I I love that that's sort of our origin story of how we connected. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My graphic, my, I was, I was dabbling in some Etsy graphic design um, prints Mm -hmm. and trying to sort of figure out I was, yeah, so I was, I had been a designer, um, architectural exhibit designer. Yeah. Um, for 10, for 10 years. And I was, I was working from home, but I knew, like, I knew that I had somewhat hit a ceiling in my career and I was looking for something else to do. Like I was looking for another way to make money. And I was like, I don't, you know, like I, do I go back and get my master's degree and then, you know, do something you know, completely different from graphic design, like what's going to be fulfilling enough. And um, oddly enough, the gal that was um, kind of facilitating this mom blog collective that I was a part of was a gal that I went to um, the Art Institute with. And she started this project. So she had opened up her own design and social media um, firm in the um, San Diego area. Okay. And um, she wanted this to be sort of a project for content marketing, which was just becoming a big thing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was using it um, as a vessel for research. And so oh, wow. I was, okay. I, I was completely out of my comfort zone in this mommy blogger thing, but I was like, you know, I'm a mom. I have a, I have a different voice. I feel like I don't fit like the traditional mom mold. And so I feel like if I can connect with people that are like me also, um, Mm -hmm. then that will be, um, you know, something that would, you know, just be a good experience. So she also was, picking up um, realtor clients in the San Diego area that needed help with their branding and marketing. And so she asked me if I wanted to just pick up some freelance projects and help her with that. So that's how I started seeing the, um, you know, how the real estate industry worked and how you can use social media to um, leverage your exposure but these agents did not get it. They just didn't get it. They didn't get how all of the collateral material worked together. They didn't get, you know, the brand. They mm-hmm. weren't they weren't using it. And a light bulb sort of went off. And I was like, could I get my real estate license? And at that time, I was still living in Portland. Okay. And, um, we had, we were renting because we had short sold a home in Las Vegas. So we had a mid-rise condo that we bought for two ninety eight at the height of the market and then sold for like $93,000, um, <laughs> at the bottom. So we had to wait a minute. And then I was seeing you and, um, Andy, um, starting the process of looking at the home that you bought in Fircrest mm-hmm. and um and it was cute to follow your story about you know how you'd seen the house and how it didn't work out initially and then um you went back and then you got it 
And you guys turned that house into such an amazing home for you and your family. And I think that's when I was like, can we, are we ready to buy again? Um, and I reached out to you to, you know, see, like, I, you know, I'm thinking about coming up to the Tacoma area because we had felt sort of priced out by Portland. Mm-hmm. And I'm from Las Vegas and there's no um, state income tax in Nevada. So having to pay state income tax <laughs> in Oregon was like, oh, so I was like, you know, Washington doesn't have state income tax. And so like maybe that would be, you know, something that we could explore. So we came up to Tacoma to sort of check it out um and we stayed at an Airbnb in the Proctor neighborhood um ended up connecting and making friends with those people and Mm -hmm. that house was my first listing in real estate which was awesome wild (laughs) (laughs) um and and I had reached out to you to see if Andy could show us, you know, um, you know, we looked at it, we went to a couple open houses and then we saw one that we liked and mm-hmm. I reached out to you to, you know, to see if Andy could help us buy that yeah. house. Um, and we ended up buying that house and moving in like a matter of like 30 days, our entire life, you know, got uprooted and changed and we moved <laughs> to Furcrest and your husband was our realtor. <laughs> I and that was it. in 2013 yeah gosh yeah, yeah 10 years ago yeah wow it, yeah those yesterday it happened yesterday I swear <laughs> um, I know it's like all of a sudden our babies are 10 and 10 yeah it's wild it's just wild yeah it is pretty crazy so at that time Andy was like just starting sort of just starting out but he had he had a team so he had he had a couple of agents working two I think two agents at the time working under him Mm -hmm. um who have since you know branched out and grown their own um you know businesses and real estate too yeah so how and Andy and then I started designing some materials for Andy at the beginning also because you you know it's like oh you're a graphic designer can you help with this and so I started working you know, doing some design projects for local agents um, before I got my license. And I think that exposure really made me um, shift gears to wanting to get up and running in real estate. Yeah. Gosh, I love, I love the full circle story. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) But so Andy, like just catapulted though, like, tell me about that. Like how just the, like, he was on a mission and what you guys have built in that time is unbelievable. Like, I just am so proud of you guys. Oh, thank you. Um, and you know, like what you've done in the community and your reach and, um, yeah, just tell me like about, you know, how that sort of unfolded through, you know, through this time for you guys. It's kind of a wild story that, um, only a few people really know. (laughs) Um, You know, Andy, what he realized is he was really good at real estate, um, but he didn't necessarily love it. Um, And so he quickly, I mean, his heart was always ministry, right? He was like, okay, how do I do this? How do I make money? But how do I get back into ministry? Um, And so ultimately, the reason why he grew a team originally was because he was trying to leverage himself out of the parts of the business that he didn't enjoy. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, having, 
um, young, you know, a, a baby at home, you know, he, he didn't love working nights and weekends um, and, and not being there. And so he was like, okay, I can hire a showing assistant so they can work the hours that I don't necessarily love to work. Well, where it all came sort of, I don't want to say crashing down, but where the, the catalyst of real change happened <laughs> when he had his vasectomy. Um, it was a botched vasectomy. It was those stories that you don't want to tell your husbands because, uh, he, he's like the one in, I don't know, 1 million stories where it goes wrong. Yeah. I forgot about Uh, that. That was was pretty wild. (laughs) So he was laid up for six months. Um, and so he literally, he just, he couldn't work. And at this point I had a two-year-old and a newborn and, he was, he was like, I have got to make my family money. Um, and so, uh, cause I was, I was on maternity leave at this point and this really catapulted him to grow, find agents who could, what my husband was really good at, it was generating business. So he could generate business. He just couldn't go work it. And that's really how the team grew is he had a ton of business that he couldn't go work and he found really great agents who uh, were not that great at generating business, but were great agents. And so that was, it was like one of those stories where it was just like, okay, this is really what changed everything because he realized, wow, I can grow a real estate business and I don't have to actually be out there quote unquote, realtoring. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's originally how we grew. And, you know, there was definitely growing pains, learning how to lead, learning how to lead different personality types, learning how to lead people who were not like you, you know. Um, so there was ebbs and flows of, um, you know, the team growth at the time. But what he really realized is what he was really good at um training agents, building a business, vision casting. Um, and, and that's really the catalyst of how it all took off. Um, it was that botch vasectomy where he couldn't get out of bed for six months. Um, and so we always talk about trials. You know, when we opened our brokerage, when we went indie, when we left everything, it, it literally, it was like a, a week before lockdowns of, with COVID. And it was like, yeah. are you, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but these sort of stories are, I, I always tell my husband, he works, he, he like should be like in crisis management. He, he works best when like everything is falling apart around him. He, he like is such a great problem solver um, where that, like that is not an environment that I thrive in. <laughs> <at Chaos. all. laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go crawl in a hole. And he's like, all right, let's go change the world. Um, <laughs> so it is these really, I would say, what feels like doors being shut and things going wrong mm-hmm. that um, he he, I mean, I say he, I don't take any credit for it, for it. He is just really brilliant at building a business um, and finding the right people, the leader, the hiring element, like hiring and leadership. Um, mm-hmm. He is so good at um, choosing the right people. Um, and, st- you know, it's like hiring people is like the worst, right? You're like, oh, your friend wants to work with you. And you're like, oh, that would be so fun. And then just realizing, well, that's a disaster. Yeah. Like he just has this keen sense of, um, 
of, of good fits. And there's more than just like interviewing them. There's, there's testing, we call it, you know, KPA and, you know, personality elements and a, a lot that goes through with hiring somebody, but he's just really refined that process. So we've just had really great leadership, really great um, team members um, who've really walked with us along this journey and grown with us along this journey. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> it's, it definitely has shown with the, the growth that you guys have had. Um, and so the, like the stepping stone for you guys was sort of getting, like, I remember you guys getting your own, you were still with that big box brokerage. Mm -hmm. And then he got like a separate space that was across the street. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was an old thrift store. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was like grandma's attic. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that being a really big move. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, like you deserve a lot of credit also for supporting him in his ability to be able to do that because you were, you were always like singing his praises and, you know, showing up in different ways that that came back into his business in a big way. So I, I definitely think you deserve a lot more credit. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. You yeah. know, we have different strengths. My mine has always been sort of mar marketing. I don't really have a marketing background, but I've been in sales for so long. I guess I've just picked things up. My yeah. husband is like a cold stone, like cold calling, you business know, business man. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, that's the background that I come from. I was a door-to-door -door salesperson for 10 years. I can do it. Yeah. Uh, if, if my business needed it, I, I have no fear doing it. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, hey, you know, we can really grow this business in a more organic, relational way. And that's really the what I brought into the business is, um, you know, the marketing and the branding, the attractional um, sort of uh, business model um, versus just the cold calling. And I think the combination is we really appeal to a wide variety of agents um, because yeah. we, we teach the classes that really appeal to somebody who would never, ever pick up a phone and call an expired or FISBO. Um, mm -hmm. And if that is, if you love that, if you love the hunt, well, great. We, we can teach you both. Yeah. Um, and so it's a really, um, uh, every type of agent can can have success uh, because we have different models, uh, different lead generation levers that we can teach and have uh, experience in and success in. Yeah. So when did you like when did you decide like you were always sort of in the business <clears throat> helping, assisting, but at, there was a point where you showed all the way up and. <laughs> Um, came in and you're sort of running the brokerage. So tell me like how that shift happened for you and when you decided it was the right time and how, how you show up as a managing broker. Well, you know, I, it I don't know exactly when it happened, but I will tell you the difference between my husband and I is my husband, the longer he was in this business, the more he wanted to be anonymous. Like mm -hmm. he did not care to have his face or his name in, in bright lights. And, you know, agents, most people in this business, we like recognition. We like our name in bright lights. We want our name on the, you know, on the signs in the yard. Um, and my husband could care less. You know, we, we were Andy Taylor Holmes mm -hmm. and he was just like, uh, how do we take my name off this sign? Like I, 
I, everybody who calls wants to talk to Andy Taylor. I, you know, he, he just sort of with not withdrew, but he didn't care if anybody knew who he was. Um, and when I came in, I was like, okay, well, somebody has to be the face of this. Right. Cause at the time we were a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was just, he was like, well, you, why don't you be the face of it? You enjoy social media. You are good with video marketing. Um, you know, why don't you just be the face of it? So it was just, it was like a, it was just a turn where all of a sudden I became the face when we changed our name at the time from Andy Taylor Homes to Mosaic Home Group. I kind of became the, the face or the brand of Mosaic Home Group. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really sort of how it started is because nobody wanted to be on video. Nobody <laughs> wanted. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, this is marketing 101. People have got to see your face. Um And so that was just, um, that's how it started. And so I was a team member, I was selling real estate, I was helping out in leadership where where we needed it as we grew. Um, And then when we when we decided to leave the team and that other brokerage and become our own brokerage, it was like, okay, we've got to really be serious about our our marketing and our brand. Mm -hmm. And this is where I was like, we are not a team anymore. My face cannot be the face of this, um, this organization. Our agents are the faces of this organization. And so I was very intentional about when we became Mosaic Real Estate that when you look on our Mosaic Real Estate social media, like you don't see me, you don't see Andy, um, you see our agents because they are, they are the stars of the show. Um, and so, you know, I don't want when people think of Mosaic Real Estate, I don't want them to think that it's that it's about me, that it's Ruthie centric. It's, it's always been about the agents. We want to yeah. put our agents in the limelight um, and their own brand. So we don't care if they use our brand or not. It's 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 their names, their brand. Some agents are really creative, like you, yourself, like really good at marketing and collateral. And some agents just like to fall behind a brand because it's simple. Yeah. Um, so it was, it, it wasn't an intentional, um, move. It just sort of happened as we grew. And, um, I, I still really enjoy video marketing. And, um, <laughs> and so that's, that's just, you do on my personal brand, on my personal page, you, you see a lot of that. And I hope that I'm influencing and teaching other agents, the importance of that. And some agents have caught on and, um, are, are running with it and, I don't know. Just like what you're saying, it's like well, agents just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's hard to put yourself out there, and we wear a lot of hats, you know. So it's hard to be like you and I are. You know, we've got a creative gene, and we want to be creating, and that's that. That's what fulfills me in my business is creating, and it's hard to do that when I'm transacting, and it's mm-hmm. really hard to manage both, and you have to be very diligent about. Um, your time and your schedule to be able to um, work in your business and work on your business. And it's a really difficult thing to do. It is. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It is. <clears throat> so you've sort of got to pick a lane. And for you and I, we can't pick a lane. We want to do both. <laughs> so it's, you know, and you aren't just doing it, you are killing it. I mean, like you've got some, you know, recognition for 
you know, the example of how to do things really well. And you do do it really well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, coming from you, that means a lot. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's been great to watch you, you know, for where we, you know, meeting at a little blog, mommy blogger meetup <laughs> in Portland to us having this conversation now. It's, you know, it's fantastic. And that's what real estate is really about is relationships. Like we've never worked at the same brokerage together, but we've been working in the same um, community and the Tacoma mm -hmm. community is a very tight knit yeah. um, community agents it's you know it's you know I've, I've worked I've lived and worked in Seattle and now I'm back in Tacoma um yay and, <laughs> yay um and you know I, I needed like same with Andy you know the agents are really you know they're I don't want to say like celebrity but we really have to put ourselves out there mm -hmm. and then at some point like that does become exhausting <laughs> and to have to do it you know all the time and be there and be present and and you know put your face out there um you know and and then people you know like then when you go you know once you've been selling real estate for a while you've you know, like you go to a, a gathering or something, or you or you host a gathering, and everybody's like, "Well, how do you know Jess?" And everybody says, "Well, she sold us a house." And then it just becomes like <laughs> a like a gimmicky thing, you know. But that's what we do, you know. Like all of our all of our friendships and connections, um, that's where it feels good is that you've helped these people with their lives and that you still have connection with them. And it's the same with our clients and the same with the agents that we um, work within the community and have done cross sales with mm -hmm. and, um, and it's just, it's really nice to be connected with other people who are sort of doing the same thing and to be able to touch base with them and, you know, commiserate and support each other and yeah. how we're, how we're doing our business. And it, it really is <clears throat> nice to have that support from all the other agents and, um, yes, you... I feel like this has changed. Like, I feel like when we were early on in the business, nobody worked together. Nobody collaborated. It was very like people's secrets to success were secrets. Like, I felt like it was very hush-hush. Um, yeah. I love the direction that our industry is moving. At least what I'm seeing is... Um, it is a more collaborative space. Like I feel like the realization is, is like nobody is doing anything original. You know, we all just have our own spins on how we do things. And I love that there's masterminds from agents and different brokerages gathering together that it's like, it's not enemy lines, you know, with other <laughs> brokerages, you yeah. know, like there's great agents at every brokerage. There's great leaders at every brokerage. And I just, it's, I don't know. I feel like when I started in this business, it's like we wore our brokerage on our sleeve. Like, you know, it was like uniforms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the North and the South fighting. And I just, I, I love the direction that I, I feel like things are moving in um, w with, you know, collaboration. And I know that some brokerages are sort of built now where they're, they're getting profit share or earning off of other agents. So then it's like, it feels a little bit better to collaborate, but I, but even agents outside of those types of brokerages, I, I, I still feel like 
it's way more collaborative. I feel like agents are sharing publicly on, on their socials in masterminds, getting together, you know, with conference conferences that bring other agents together and, and sharing their, their secrets or their successes. And I just, I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, we, you know, especially with cross sales, I just feel like, okay, everybody used to be enemies until they needed to get a deal done. And then it's like, okay, what can I say to make this agent like me? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, we're really friends. <laughs> yeah. There's a like mutual respect and camaraderie. We both have to negotiate for our client's position, but yep. the, the goal is a win win for both. Yeah. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not cutthroat, you know, it's not like, you know, I have to win and it's about, you know, two parties coming together and working towards reaching their goals as best you can. Yeah. And, um, and there, and there are, you know, like for agents and their businesses, Everyone does it different. There's not a template for how you do real estate. Yeah. And the only thing that you have to do is do the work. If you do the work, you will be successful. Um, And it's, you know, it's hard for some people kind of floundering around trying to figure it out because there are so many different ways to make money in real estate. You just have to find your lane. Yes, totally. And do the work. Yep. Yeah. Consistently. Consistently. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or he will have the roller coaster of, you know, not having business and then scrambling to find business. And you really do have to be consistent and you have to, you have to work it like a business. You know, we are, we are self-employed entrepreneurs. Nobody is giving us a paycheck, you know, biweekly paycheck. We have to go out there and figure it out. I read this quote this morning and I was like, oh, it's so good. It was uh, something along those paraphrase, but um, all your dreams and everything that you've ever wanted is on the other side of consistency. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, that is the truth. truth. (laughs) And agent, you know, especially new agents, I think what's so hard is like, there are so many different ways to have success in this business. And so there's like, Oh, let me try a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this, but it's, we're just like squirrels chasing the shiny objects and not being consistent in one thing. And it's, it's overwhelming in this, in this industry is really overwhelming. Um, yeah. So having collaboration, having good mentorship, having good leadership in a, in a roadmap really is so helpful. <laughs> So for you in your consistency, do you have a morning routine, like a set schedule during the week? Do you exercise? Like you're wearing a lot of hats for your brokerage and you're also selling. So tell me how you stay consistent in running a, and a brokerage, mm-hmm. selling, being a mom, showing up <laughs> for your friends. Like how do you stay consistent in all of that? Well, I will tell you that the thing that has thrown me off the most, cause I am, I am by nature, a highly routined, uh, scheduled person. Like that was just who I've always been. I was like, you know, I had my clothes picked out as a kid before what I was going to wear the next day. I knew I, you know, I had to eat the same thing for breakfast every day as a kid. Like, and then having children was like, let me just show you what chaos looks like. <laughs> um, 
And this being consistent in this business or in anything with young kids, like you get a kid who was sick, you get a kid who was up crying in the middle of the night, you, it throws you off like nothing else. And what I had to learn being a mom in this business is grace for myself because I, I used to be like, okay, I didn't get any sleep. I'm still, I'll just wake up at four in the morning to get my workout done because, and what I did is as I wore myself down to the point of just complete overwhelm and burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just having grace for myself, cause I know I am a scheduled consistent person. And if I'm not, I just feel like everything is thrown off and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to reach this goal because I didn't have a good night's sleep. And that's just not a healthy um, frame of my, you know, just, it's not a healthy way to go about life in general. Um, So my kids throwing a wrench in my schedule is honestly probably the healthiest thing for me to learn boundaries and grace for myself and forgiveness for myself Mm -hmm. because life just is not linear. I mean, it is just not linear. We have it together. COVID happens, right? Like a job loss happens, a sickness happens. It's just always going to be, we're going to run around in circles at some points in our life. We're going to move backwards. We're going to um, be all over the map. Mm -hmm. And one of the things my husband says is as long as we have our true North, as long as we know when we wake up in the morning, what our true North is, you know, life can get crazy, but if we can get back on track, we're going to be okay. Um, and so for me, just answering your question, um, have you read the book Atomic Habits? I haven't, but I've seen a lot of people read it and change a lot of their habits and it, it should be something that I'll pick up this year for sure. Cause I've got crazy addiction to my phone, you know, like I just mm-hmm. want to put it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, what I love about this book and what, in my opinion, what makes it so different from every other book is a lot of us, you know, New Year's, we're just like, okay, I'm going to um, meditate every morning. I'm going to work out 30 minutes a day. I'm going to stop eating sugar. I'm going to blah, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Um, and these are big, huge lifestyle changes that in three days, we're just like, um, over it. Can't do that. And um, in, in Atomic Habits, James Clear, who is the author, talks about this concept called habit stacking. Um, and what that means is think about the things, the habits that are in our lives every single day. For example, like we all get up and brush our, hopefully we all get up and brush our teeth. (laughs) Like that's just like a habit that we do. So what can we stack on top of brushing our teeth? That's a little uncomfortable, but it's not like this huge thing, but I'm going to brush my teeth every day. So what can I do to what habit can I stack on top of this? So it makes this next habit that I want to learn just a little bit easier. So for some people, the example is like flossing, like they just, they brush their teeth, but they don't floss. And so he talks about like, okay, have the floss like right next to your toothbrush. So you don't have to dig through a drawer, even pull it out. And so this, this idea of habit stacking, it's this little little change in our daily routine that's stacked on something that we already automatically do. Like if you already drink coffee, if you know that you are, I have to drink a cup of coffee in the morning. Well, while your coffee is brewing, why don't you like, you're standing there waiting for your coffee. 
why don't you just meditate while your coffee is brewing? Or why don't you open your journal and write some gratitude? Or why don't you do 10 push-ups while your coffee's brewing? It's yes. like these little things that we're, we're already doing in our life. And if you stack a little habit on top of that, it makes it so much easier to achieve. Yeah. Um, and so this is really my, my goal because I feel like we all have these BHAGs, right? These big, hairy, audacious goals that feel like, ugh. for me, I, there's like little lifestyle changes that I want. I'm like, I just am like, not one of those people who is going to say, I'm going to work out 30 minutes or an hour a day. I just, I'm just not one of the, I just, life is gets in the way, but what are the things that I'm already doing every day that I can habit stack on top of those to create new habits that didn't feel so overwhelming? Yeah. So, um, I am not consistent in every single workout, but I am consistent because life, life happens. But for the most part, my morning routine is very similar. I wake up at a certain time. Um, and I do, I go, I go work out in the morning. Now, if I had a really late night with my kids, I know at this stage of my life, what's important for more important for my health is, is more sleep. Right. That's just a choice that I'm making where I'm like, okay, I, I know my kids, I, I got up with them at two in the morning. I'm going to push my alarm clock 30 minutes because that extra 30 minutes of sleep is just as important workout it, for me in my mind. Right. I'm in yeah. this weird, weird stage of life where, um, sleep is more important <laughs> to my mental health. Yeah. I know exercise is important, but you know what? I'm, I, I know I'm going to get a little bit of exercise because I walk my kids to school every day. I pick them up from school every day. So it's like, I have these things, um, these things that I'm doing every day already. So how do I have it stack on top of them? And how do I give myself grace if they don't happen? Um, So I highly recommend that book um, because the tiniest little changes can make a huge, huge difference. Yeah. I read um, about six months ago. I, um, uh, well, I guess it was about, it was about a year ago that I went to the Ninja installation and I read, I read the high five, high five habit. Um, because I was looking, I, I felt stuck. I just felt really stuck. And there was a lot of really big change in my life. And then I got into another place where I just sort of felt stuck. And, um, in the Ninja installation, they were talking about the importance of your environment um, and your ability to be able to thrive. And I realized that I really needed to change my environment. And so it Mm. took, it took a lot of courage and then reading the high five habit of just, you know, like wake up, you know, give yourself a high five, um, you know, do, um, do give yourself grace, you know, make some, make some goals to change your environment And so I just, I started taking baby steps and the clarity came and then the market sort of shifted and I decided to sell, um, my second, uh, rehab renovation project. And that was a huge thing, but that environment was just draining me. Mm. Um, because I was, you know, as, as women, you sort of, you take on the load of a lot of things. And then when that is not sort of working for you, you've got to, you know, sort of make a shift. Yeah. Um, good for you. 
and my yeah I just couldn't I just I, I couldn't focus on on work and the kids were just going like back to school from um COVID ending and uh, you know I didn't I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing I just knew that I, I needed change and I needed to do something else and so that choice landed me in Seattle and then I ended up working for a Windermere office um, in Seattle and making a lot of connections, gaining a ton of exposure, growing a lot as an agent from just being exposed to um, <clears throat> the Seattle agent community. Um, made a really good connection with clients who had rented this awesome house in Finney Ridge for seven years. And I was able to sort of slide into that rental. And that felt like just a gift from the universe. Mm-hmm. And then I just started, I started being able to make those consistent habits for myself. I started um, showing up for work in a, in a more intentional way. I had more direction in my own path. Um and then I um, was asked just sort of out of the blue if I'd be interested in management. So my whole, like, from, like, changing the environment to six months later, my life was in a whole different place. And it was from consistent habits, mm. from showing up intentionally, from changing my environment to something that was really good and healthy for me, um, and making healthy, consistent routine and that like it changed my life (laughs) just having the ability to do that and so now you know now I am able to show up and I have like I just have a um a higher purpose of what I'm doing and why and that was so lost before and I feel like that your environment is huge in terms of your ability to accomplish what it is that you're wanting to do with your life Mm, it's, it's so true it's yeah. so true yeah yeah so what are your like what are your goals moving forward for your brokerage and for um you know your you know being a mom and raising your kids and now our kids are sort of getting to that older stage in life where you know we're in the middle of them you know being you know almost out of the home and going on to yeah college (laughs) hard it's really hard yeah this is where I feel like um the biggest uh obstacle right now is priority um and I have really really wrestled and I think moms do this in general right I feel like this is a very mom-centric thing I don't know if dads go through this but um like the the feeling of I have to balance motherhood and my work and being a good partner right like I I don't know if men get in a room and discuss this this but I know (laughs) it's always a topic of discussion amongst women and men or excuse me women and moms um and so you know, this year, cause we moved, we moved to Giga Harbor this year. So the girls started a new school and I will tell you, you know how they say like moving is one of the biggest stressors of life, right? Like they say, uh, marriage, divorce, moving. Um, I don't know. What are the other things, but th- those are like some of the biggest stressors in life. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing short of highly stressful, highly emotional, um, I was a military brat, so I'm like, oh, kids are resilient. This, this will be great for the girls. <laughs> and um, one of my girls uh, did decent with the transition. And for my youngest one, it was 
so hard and so emotional and so draining. So many talks with the principal and the school and the teachers. And um, I, I got to the point where my child's mental health became it, it was my priority to the point where I'm like, I, I'm like, I, I'm pushing off appointments. I'm referring off deals because I cannot think about anything else, but my child's mental health right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the very first time I in, I, 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 yeah, I, I feel lucky to say this, but it was the very first time where I felt like I had to choose between work and my kids. And that was a catalyst for me saying, I'm starting a team because my career and my goals are still really important to me, um, but not more important than my, my family right now. Um, but I was like, how do I, how do I have both? And I have been resistant to starting a team for years. Andy has encouraged me to do it, but it was this hard thing, this catalyst for me of seeing my daughter suffer and knowing she needed more of me um, that I decided, okay, I need this leverage piece in my business. So I am, I'm going to go, you know, I feel like my, my biggest objection to starting a team was like, oh, it's going to take so much energy and time to train somebody. Yeah. To do something the way that I want it to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been the biggest reason why I haven't done it. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm sort of a perfectionist and I'm like a little OCD and a control freak. And I just feel like, okay, it's going to be done. <laughs> like, I'm just going to do it. Um, and so honestly, it was a really good wake up call. I'm just realizing in, at this girl's, at my girl's season of life right now, like when they were toddlers, it was very easy for me to go to work. Um, I, I don't know. I just didn't really love that stage of life. I yeah. really wanted to talk to adults. And so I didn't experience mom guilt, but this season of life where they're dealing with school drama and hormone changes and real feelings. I mean, I remember when I was eight and 10 and the things that I dealt with and seeing my daughters go through it, I'm like, I have to be more available for them. And I am so, I know it's a privilege to be able to choose to be more available for them. I know not all of us get that opportunity. Um, So I, I feel like I'm in a very privileged position to be able to grow my business and be more ready, readily available for my kids. Uh, Because I, I I just know, because they turned eight and 10 in a blink of an eye. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to blink and they're going to be out of the house. And I'm going to ask myself, like, was was that extra deal worth it? Um, and I already know the answer to that. Right. So, um, so for me, going back to your question, that's a roundabout uh, way of me saying like my family right now is, um, the biggest priority, um, making sure I'm spending quality time with my family. Um, and I don't think that, uh, it's impossible to also grow a big business while you do it. I saw my husband do it. Like he just leveraged well, he hired well, so he could have the quality of life and grow. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. Um, There's just some hard decisions that have to be made in order to do it. Um, And so, you know, growing the brokerage is also a is a big part of that. And so, trying. Um, we, we are so blessed. We have an incredible leadership team that is helping us in the process, but it's really important that they're highly, um, trained and feel confident in 
in taking on the roles that both Andy and I take. And my husband is really good at letting people fumble their way through and learn. Mm -hmm. This has been something that's been more difficult for me because I'm the perfectionist. I don't want any mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And people are going to do their thing sort of their own way. Um, You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we're a really good yin and yang. I, I have, I've learned so much from my husband and, and watching how and I am, um, I, it's been a huge growing process for me to let go, to leverage, to realize I can be a good mom and a good business person. Um, um, and yeah, I, I've made a lot of mistakes in the process and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. With moms, you know, we realtor moms, we, we do have to split our time and we have to, you know, show, show up for our kids and show up for our clients. And it's really difficult to do sometimes and you're juggle, you are juggling a lot. Um, and for me, what I, um, and I'm, um, want to ask you the same thing in terms of how you filter out the noise. I get a lot of people seeing, you know, I, I see you and I see other, um, strong, influential women in our community, own their shit they are running (laughs) businesses they have kids they show up for the community they do all the things so that's you know that's the that's the lane that I want to be running in also so that's you know like I see you guys and you know like that's my pace Mm. Um, and you just know that you're driven to do that but I get a, you know, I had to filter out the noise of the people saying like, your plate seems really full. You're doing a lot. Are you okay? Like, why would you do that to yourself? Aren't you overwhelmed? Like people mm-hmm. telling me that I'm doing too much. Yeah. Um, does that happen to you? Like how, how have you kind of filtered that out and just sort of continued to grow? You know, um, I, 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 <laughs> there's different personality types in this business. I have always had a lot on my plate mm-hmm. and I have sort of, I don't, I've, I've managed to deal with it. You know, in hindsight, as I get older, I, I'm, I'm starting to recognize the health and unhealth in all of the decisions that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I realized when we made this move, uh, I, my tendency, my natural tendency is, is workaholic. Like I like 80 hour work weeks, never phased me. And I was almost kind of proud of that. I was proud of working on vacation, proud of like having my laptop with me at all times and writing up a contract. Mm -hmm. I, I look at that now and I'm like, Oh man, I, I'm (laughs) I'm sad for that girl. Right. Like, yeah, uh, but I had to come, I had to grow to get to the point where I realized, wow, I had no boundaries. And, um, I never experienced burnout in this business. Like ever. I've never, like my husband's like, let's go on vacation. And I'm like, no, my clients need me, you know, like going on vacations <laughs> stressed me out Yeah, because I wasn't there for my clients. Right. And, and then in real estate, like Murphy's law, we always know we go on vacation and then we get busier than ever. All and the so, always. <laughs> yeah. And so I, um, I experienced burnout for the very first time. Um, this was my seventh year in the business and it was, I mean, it was, it was intense. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I I am, I am at, I am over capacity. 
And it was the very first time. So it was July. We just moved. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm taking the month of July off. I just can't. Um, and I think it was a combination of just being the age that I'm at, going through some hormonal changes in my life, the stress of the move, the stress of the, um, you know, like all, all new changes growing in the business. And, and I hit capacity, which I have never done in my entire life. I've always functioned really well with a lot on my plate. Mm-hmm. And now that experience has just, I, I, it's forced me to learn to say no and be okay with it. Um, it's forced me to have boundaries, you know, I, you know, it's like my, what I saw with my husband is he had the vasectomy. He couldn't work for six months and he created this huge business. And for me, something like that would like destroy me. Right. (laughs) How do I, how do I learn to roll with the punches if I don't have boundaries in my life, if I don't figure out leverage in my life? Um, and so it's, it's been a learning process. I, I am, I finally feel like, um, I have freedom in this business. Mm-hmm. Um, it took eight years to feel like I had freedom because I was bound to my client schedules. I took those phone calls and texts at 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm such a good <laughs> communicator. Like my cl- And I'm like, oh my gosh, Ruthie Taylor, that's so unhealthy. <laughs> there yeah it's a it's a 24 hour thing you know you are you are never not working and if you don't have good healthy boundaries and set them up front um it's just chaos yeah and yeah and you yep you're you know you miss you miss things with your kids because you're you know on your laptop at their basketball game and you know it's just it's not not a good look (laughs) no no Um, but you know everybody has to figure it out you know and I I I don't know if men just naturally have more boundaries and it's easier for them to say no or if men struggle with this too I really don't know but I feel like it's it's the common conversation amongst mom realtors always (laughs) yeah I think we care we care and we worry more than men for sure yeah um but I think men are more, you know, they're more direct. So, you know, you know, like, you know, just sort of, you know, if you're dealing with, um, you know, if you choose a man, you know, so hiring a realtor is a choice. And usually you pick somebody who's a good personality fit for you. Yeah. So if, you know, you need somebody to be a little bit more, um, caring you know or endearing about the process then um you know you maybe choose a more warmer female if you just you know if you want to buy a duplex and you need the numbers you go to um you know a very direct you know male um and not you know and those genders can be you know completely totally different there are some you know really warm males that you know guide you through the process and there are some pretty shark numbers driven women too so you just kind of fit you know, pick who you fit with the most for your personality too. Yeah. And you attract, you know, those people that are, you know, that want to be a part of, you know, in your law of attraction, you are appealing towards somebody who want, really wants the experience and, and you share that experience and that's part of your gift. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. 
um, you know, which is, you know, kind of your business model and your law of attraction through, you know, the types of clients and you, and you are attracting your, um, your ideal client through that too. Which is really fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun when you get to that point where you, where you do figure it out and you're not chasing business. It's coming to you and in, in the way that you want. Yeah. Which is kind of the dream for everybody in real estate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so is your so with selling and your burnout, like is the brokerage sort of a balance for you where you can just sort of help and assist um your agents, you know, in a in a support role to bring value and you can kind of step out of the hustle and bustle of being on for clients at 11 p.m. You can sort of just support and mentor your yeah. agents. So is yeah. that provided balance for you? You know, it was a learning curve, right? Because yeah. as we grew, I, I was fitting, I was, it was like jack of all trades. Like, where do we need help? That's where I fit in. And then I was like, you know what? I think I want to be the team leader of Tacoma. And I took on that role for a little bit and it just, it didn't, it wasn't a good fit. Um, for me because I couldn't manage the, I couldn't manage, there, there was no balance because it was the clients calling at 10 PM. It was the agents calling at 10 PM. And then my kids coming into my room at 10 PM needing me, you know? Um, and so that was a, that was a learning curve. So fortunately we, we have really great leadership. Um, it was a, it was like a trial run for me to figure out if that's what I wanted to do. Um, there were, there was no official announcement, right? It was, yeah. it was me sort of slipping into this role because we were all, our leadership team was just pretty much all hands on deck everywhere. Um, and so I was trying on quote this role, um, n- with nobody really knowing that this was my role. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, realizing that, you know what, I, I cannot take on this role. So now it is more of a mentorship. I ha- I still have agents call me. I love it when they call me. Um, but I don't, I was coaching like one-on-one coaching, um, the majority of our agents and that, I mean, that just took up so much time Mm -hmm. during my day. Um, and then just being available for their calls. And of course we have our designated broker team. We have, you know, we have agents can call any of the leadership, but when you're in a coaching relationship, they, their, their natural inclination is just to call me anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just. Uh, it was more than I could manage. And so now we have somebody officially in that role and she's amazing at that role. And I am, I am just like the um, cool aunt that comes in <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know gets to, um, you know, still answer questions, but also be more of an encouragement. I still teach classes um, very frequently at the brokerage. Um, I'm available for whenever somebody needs me, but I don't have that specific coaching role that I had um, when I was testing it out. Thanks. Yeah, it's, yeah, trying on, you know, trying on the pants of management is definitely something that comes with a lot of responsibility and it's not... It's not definitely not easy, but you get to see, you know, it it is nice to help agents sort of navigate through, um, you know, and kind of tune them into their process, which is, which is really fun and, um, you know, a nice way to, to just support 
um, other agents and, and, you know, give them higher standards of practice for going out there and having cross sales with, you know, agents at your brokerage and agents in my brokerage and, you know, our mm-hmm. whole community of everybody just sort of working together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, I adore you and it has been an honor to um, work alongside you and see you grow and to see what you and Andy have built together. I'm very impressed, very proud, and it's good to to just be your friend too. Oh, Jessica, I love that. Thank you. I'm so glad you're back in Tacoma.